You're listening to Profit Without Worry, episode number 120. Let's talk today about the idea of funnel hacking, why it doesn't work, and what to do instead. Hey there, I'm Michelle Evans, and this is the show where coaches, experts, and business owners like us get real about what it takes to create a profitable online business. I can tell you from experience that nonstop hustle plus random acts of marketing do not equal success. So how do we attract a steady flow of clients and sales without all the hustle? This is the Profit Without Worry podcast. Hey there, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. So I've got a question for you. Have you downloaded that free guide to Profit Without Worry? It's really easy to do. Just go to ProfitWithoutWorry.com forward slash free and you can download the guide to get on your path to Profit Without Worry right there. And I'd love to connect with you. It's super easy. You can email me, Michelle at MichelleLEvans.com or hit me up on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Tag me and use the hashtag Profit Without Worry so that I can see your message. Ask a question, leave a comment, or just say hi. I love to put a face with your name and know who's tuning in each and every week. Okay, so let's dive into today's show. If you've been around Facebook groups, podcasts, or blogs at all over the past couple of years, I'm sure that you've heard the term funnel hacking thrown around. There are a lot of people out there talking about it like, Funnel hacking is the magic key that unlocks the seven-figure business kingdom overnight. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. If you're not entirely sure what the heck funnel hacking really is, let me break this down for you. Instead of just using an online business as an example for this though, let me use a more tangible example to get behind this. Excuse me. You probably know that I'm from Seattle. I was born and raised here. I went to the University of Washington, which is right in the heart of Seattle. And I've worked here professionally since I graduated the University of Washington Business School in the late 90s. Being from Seattle, I watched the rise of Howard Schultz's coffee giant Starbucks, as well as another player that you may or may not have been familiar with named Tully's. If you like coffee, you know all about Starbucks and you may have even found your favorite beverage at your local Starbucks coffee shop. But what you may not know is that Tully's basically funnel hacked Starbucks when they first started, although the founder of Tully's didn't call it funnel hacking back then. Like Howard Schultz, the founder of Tully's Coffee, his name's Tom Tully O'Keefe, He's also from Seattle, and he saw the startup and the growth and the potential of Starbucks. In fact, O'Keefe was a successful real estate developer in the Seattle area, and he was approached about leasing a space to a Starbucks for a coffee store in one of his shopping centers in the Seattle area. That's where a light bulb went off in his his head, and O'Keefe realized no one was effectively competing with Starbucks, even though that business was growing like gangbusters. O'Keefe, who is a coffee lover himself, decided, what the heck, it can't be that hard to start a coffee business. So he developed a business plan, started Tully's Coffee, and then six months later, voila, they were in business. 
O'Keefe decided to steal the Starbucks model and make it just a bit better in places. His plan included things like friendlier baristas, as well as larger, more family-friendly coffee shops that included toys and play areas for kids, fireplaces, and super comfy chairs. Kind of like the deluxe Starbucks that you'll see in some markets today, but I digress. O'Keefe also decided to one-up Starbucks on the roasting. I cannot tell you how many American Marketing Association meetings and other networking events I went to where someone from the Tully's corporate headquarters was there telling us about how Tully's coffee was so superior to Starbucks because it was roasted in small batches and wasn't burnt. I I mean, because uh, I used to be really, really active in the American Marketing Association, the AMA, and um, I'd go to multiple meetings and just all sorts of stuff. And I swear, every time I went there, I would hear this pitch from them. And I was always like, so basically, you're telling people that if they like Starbucks, that they're dumb because they are drinking bad burnt coffee? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. So O'Keefe was, um, was out there trying to tell consumers that the coffee brand and the taste that they had come to love was poor quality and burnt tasting. And that did not go over well with the loyal fan base. The final bit of funnel hacking that Tully's did was that they started off by putting a Tully's location across the street from from every Starbucks. Basically, following Starbucks around to prime locations. All of this resulted in a brand, in a Tully's brand, that looked great from the outside, but on the inside, it just wasn't working. And here's the thing. People just, they didn't see enough of a difference between Tully's and Starbucks to be convinced that Tully's was better. It seemed like an off-brand Starbucks. It was nice, but it wasn't what we were used to. The drink names were different. The drinks tasted a little different. And it wasn't just a difference that was that was meaningful enough to be like, ooh, this is good. This is different, right? It was just like, meh, it's different. But that's what happens when you try to become a carbon copy of somebody else and then also try to convince your audience that you're better. It just doesn't work. I mean, friendlier baristas, like, what does that even mean? And what happens if your barista has a bad day, right? It just, like, it just doesn't work. The whole concept, you can't just rip off somebody else's business. Instead, Tully's would have been much better off to innovate, to come up with something exciting, and new and interesting instead of just ripping off the Starbucks concept. As Tully's tried to compete, they found that all they could really do was reduce their price, trying to be just a little bit less expensive than Starbucks, which started to suck the profit out of their business, especially since Tully's was roasting their coffee in small batches, whereas Starbucks was doing theirs in giant batches. So Tully's had higher operating costs, right? It costs more to do it in small batches than in giant batches. And eventually it left Tully's bankrupt and in ruin, which is really sad. So when I hear people giving advice that all you need to do to become the next online millionaire is to funnel hack your competition, I know without a doubt that they have not learned any business lessons at all. (laughs) Because trying to be a carbon copy of another business by just slapping your logo on it and slightly changing the name and coming up with like 
a new cool twist, like a friendlier barista, just doesn't cut it. There's a lot more nuance that goes into creating your business, creating your brand, creating your experience, and finding your market fit, which means the people who want to buy from you, right? It, it, there's a lot more nuance to it. I love how Seth Godin puts it. He says, you don't find customers for your products. You find products for your customers. Meaning, go find people that want to buy something from you and then make that thing they want to buy. As business owners, we need to build products, programs, and experiences that deliver value that our audience is looking for and that they'll pay for. And the only way to do that is to get to know them first. You've got to know what they dream about, what they fear, what they want, what they hate. You have to know why they buy from you and what they wish they could get more of. There is a lot that goes into making a successful company and just ripping off someone else's opt-in lead magnet and email series barely scratches the surface on what that is. So the next time you hear someone talking about funnel hacking, I want you to think about Tolly's Coffee. Don't go the knockoff route. Come up with your own path to success. And that all starts with understanding your audience. And listen, funnel hacking fundamentally doesn't work because you do not have all the details. You only see the drink names, the comfy chairs, and the attractive exterior and the friendly baristas. You have no idea what's happening behind the scenes, what the costs are, what the profits are, all that stuff. So people who hack funnels typically lose money because they don't know what comes before the funnel, nor do they know what comes next after the funnel that makes the whole thing a lot more profitable. They just focus on that funnel and see it as the be all end all to growing a fabulous business. But it's how any business sets the stage and how they follow up on that leads, on how that person goes into your funnel that leads to success. Not just one set of emails or one specific opt-in or one webinar. None of those things works without an entire ecosystem around it. That's why funnel hacking doesn't fundamentally work. Yeah, you can take inspiration from other funnels, where they're marketing, what their message is, how you can be different, but you should never, ever, 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 never copy and paste someone else's marketing funnel without understanding everything that goes into it and how it works. Instead, I want you to be super, it's, it's really important that you get super clear on three big things. Number one, be really, really, really clear on your own business model. You know, I've, I've seen people who think that the only business model that can be successful is the business model of offering online courses and they hate online courses. Well, guess what? If you hate online courses and you're trying to sell online courses, you're never going to have a successful business selling online courses. If you prefer, you know, small intimate group retreats, create a business model that is profitable for small intimate group retreats. You know, if you prefer one-on-one work, amazing. Create a business model that supports that. There is no one business model that's going to lead to success. 
the business model that will lead to success for you is the one that you're going to get behind and that will work and that will fit with what you want to do and what your people want to buy. Number two, know how you make profit. This is really important. And you know, if you think back to the Tully's example, one of the things that they really wanted to be known for was their roasting um, and, and how they roasted in small batches so that they could basically make, uh, have better control over the roasting process. Well, if they had done it right, they should have been charging more than Starbucks. And and I have no idea. I never worked in either one of those businesses. I don't know what their profit margins were. I don't know any of that stuff. But if one of their differentiating things was, you know, we put more um, high quality roasting into this and we have more hands on Uh, This is a a higher quality product. It's not mass produced, you know, all that kind of stuff. Perhaps they should have been charging more, you know, or, you know, you just have to know how you make profit. Some people prefer to sell a lot of really low priced things. Some people prefer to give a lot of things away for free and only sell really high ticket things. Some people prefer only to work one-on-one with folks and some people prefer only to work in big groups with folks. You know, it just, it really depends on how you want to make profit, but keep your eye on that profit because you cannot have a business if you don't make a profit. If you're running at a loss or if you're not making any money, you won't stay in business. So you got to know how you make a profit. And then number three, you've got to determine how you want to live and work. And really these three big things kind of go hand in hand, but knowing how you want to live and work, I think is really important because, you know, I've shared multiple times on this podcast about how I signed up for that mastermind and I had a coach who wanted me basically to become a carbon copy of her. Well, she thrives on chaos and on the energy of crowds and on, um, kind of being the center of attention and putting on shows and networking and all that stuff. That stuff's super draining to me. I don't love to travel all over the place. I like to be at home with my family. I, I definitely will go speak, but I don't like that. I don't want to do that five or six times a week. That to me is life and energy sucking out right out of my soul. Like it's just not fun. And so It's really important to determine how you want to live and work. Do you want to be on the phone all day long? Or do you want to be out working one-on-one with people? Do you want to be at networking events? Or do you prefer to, you know, just be virtual with people? How do you want to live and work? Do you want a team? Or do you want to do all the work yourself? Knowing all this and creating a business and a marketing funnel that really supports your business model how you want to make a profit and how you want to live and work is so key. And yes, again, you can take inspiration from other people. I mean, I think one of the best examples of taking inspiration and creating something new and innovative that um, would be Netflix, right? Netflix took a look at the market where people were renting, you know, going to the movie store, driving to the movie store, renting a movie, driving home, and then having to drive back to the movie store to drop it off. And they said, you know what? We think that we have a new idea. Yeah, renting movies is a great idea. But 
we have a better business model for this. We think that originally delivering movies through the mail is so much better because people don't have to leave their house. And I remember when people just would shake their head at Netflix and be like, who wants to order a DVD and come through the mail? Like, that's lame. When you could just go down the street to Blockbuster. Well, now look at this. Like, there's one Blockbuster left in the world, right? (laughs) And so just being really clear on your business model, being really clear on how you make profit, being really clear on how you want to live and work and what you're creating and who you're creating it for, these are all really important things to do to drive your own business. All right, I'd love to hear from you. Have you tried funnel hacking in the past? How has it worked for you? I'd love for you to hit me up on social media or just email me, michelle at michellelevans.com. And as you were listening to this, did you think of someone who could use these insights about creating profit without worry in their business? If you could think of someone who could use this, would you do both of us a big favor and share this episode with them? It's super easy to do from whatever podcasting app you're listening on, or just share the URL for today's show at profitwithoutworry.com forward slash episode dash one two zero and your friend can listen right there. And don't forget to download your freebie, Five Steps to Profit Without Worry. You can get that at today's show notes or profitwithoutworry.com forward slash free so that you can see what it takes to create a movement with your marketing. All right, I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place on another great episode of Profit Without Worry. See you then.